Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. everybody welcome to the confessional podcast this is your host mike moran i'm currently staring at myself in a zoom window because i look really good in sue's basement light uh, <laughs> love it. Uh, i'll be staring at myself this entire time uh but uh eventually i'll start obsessing over my nostril asymmetry so uh get ready for that but i'm here on zoom with two of my favorite confessional guest slash co-host i'm not sure which one of you is the co-host and which one is the guest today to be i was wondering about that myself it's hmm. it really is you know it can be whatever <laughs> it called dibs you, you know it really doesn't make much of a difference i may as well be a guest um <laughs> but uh, i'm really excited because uh we have uh of course our our good friend Roz paris who is uh currently doing the mondo baltimore movie nights here in baltimore how you doing roz good good also known as ral ankenstein when i'm on stage <laughs> what is it ral ankenstein frau ankenstein Frau ankenstein why that yeah. one so our original oh host, i get it yeah that- our original host went by dr acula so it's like a oh, okay and do you ever I- get do you ever like get any mansplainers in the audience like you know the monster wasn't named ankenstein no uh i think um i don't i don't remember the person like the last person who's made the frankenstein thing it might have been you actually probably and by the way the monster Mm -hmm. is named frankenstein i hate to tell people that's a theme throughout the book and one of the many names he has is frankenstein yes that's uh but roz tell us uh, a little bit about when and where we can catch this mondo movie thing and what it's all about Sure. So we show cult movies and movies that are so terrible, they're fun to watch. Um, We show them the first Thursday of every month at the Auto Bar. Um, So we always do a clip show at seven and then the movie at eight. Accompanied by like games and jokes and a raffle and shit like that. Um, And then we just took over the cult screenings at the Warehouse Rotunda in Hamden. Nice. So that's, I think, the third Wednesday of every month. Um, right, right. Yeah. So these are slightly better movies that you don't get to see back in theaters. Um, oh, like what? What do you got on the? Uh, so this, the next one is going to be Clifford, the Martin Short movie. Oh, about the dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no he plays a child uh, <laughs> and then um i'm really excited because we've got tank girl coming up and that's oh like, yes yeah. so i might i might make myself some rocket boobs for that screening rocket so. boob oh, i still have never seen do. that i want i wanted to see it so bad in seventh grade and i still have not seen it i love well, tank girl i went as jet girl for halloween one time i was into the mm-hmm. comic and loved the movie too awesome. yeah <clears throat> yeah so. well Speaking of uh, other guests that we have on the podcast, uh, we also have Whitney from the True Crime Campfire today. Hi, Hi. Whitney. Hello. Thanks you for having me tell, again. Tell us a little bit more about why you love Tank Girl and also about your True Crime Campfire. 
<laughs> well, because she's a badass bitch, obviously. I mean, like, does need we say more? Lori Petty is a queen, obviously. She was so good in the yeah, movie. Yeah, I had a huge crush on her as a kid. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. She's in a great episode of um, Star Trek Voyager, too. Where she plays, really? she's like stranded on a planet and she has to survive by herself on this planet. And all there is to eat are these big creepy spider things. She's awesome in that too. And, um, wow. Also big like anthropomorphic kangaroo dudes. What's not to like? I had sure. kind of a crush on those, which was weird for me, but um, huh. yeah. <laughs> and what, you said there was something with, uh, with, with uh, projectile breasts of some kind. <laughs> Rocket boobs. Rocket, Rocket boobs. boobs. Right. <laughs> I think that's just in the comic, actually. It might not be in the movie, but oh, at some point okay. she has like rockets on her boobs. On her boobs. It's every little girl's dream. Yeah. Absolutely. Obviously. Fembot um, style. Yeah, exactly. Well, tell, us, <laughs> tell us what's going on with the true crime campfire, Whitney. Well, we're plugging along, roasting murderers and marshmallows. Like we always do. We've got some cool stuff in the hopper, but we can't really talk about it yet because it's like top secret kind of thing. We've signed non-disclosure agreements. Absolutely. So I can't really update <laughs> about that just yet. But suffice it to say, there might be some big stuff coming for the True Crime uh, Campfire. You just did uh, the, the Scott Peterson case, right? Oh, God. Well, we didn't just do it, but it's back in the news, which is yeah. great. Is it? Why is it in yes. the news again? Because the L.A. Innocence Project has taken up his case. Now, important distinction, because everybody thinks, you know, the Innocence Project, those are the good guys. You know, they don't take a case unless there's massive amounts of exculpatory evidence. But this is not the famous Innocence Project. This is another organization that has no affiliation with the famous Innocence Project. Okay, so L.A. Innocence Project, not the Innocence Project, has taken like up Innocence this Project twat baskets case. E-O-O. This is like Gallagher's brother performing as him. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. It's like one of the lesser sheens. You know, like it's not Martin. <laughs> it's There's other sheens like probably, besides? Probably guilty. Lesser Estevez. How, right? many, how many sheen Estevez family members are there? It's I've lost count, honestly. Really? But, you're not um, thinking of the Baldwin family? Well, there's many. There's It could be a lesser Baldwin. Yeah. Absolutely. But right. there's there's a lesser Estevez. He was in that movie Werewolf, speaking of bad movies. You know, if Less, you were a fan yeah. of Mystery Science Theater, they did this awful movie Werewolf. And the whole yep. joke was how it was like Martin Sheen's brother, like one of the lesser Estevez's. That's right. That's that right. movie is so bad. Oh, it's, it's so funny. Horrible. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's about a poor wolf. Anyway, so Scott Peterson, yeah, they're um he has his supporters. Bless his heart. Uh, right. I'm not one of them. Yeah, Let's just put it come that on. way. You know what I don't get about that case is everybody's like, there's no physical evidence. There's no. Fi-. Isn't the body no. physical evidence? Like, <laughs> well, they found yeah. a body at the last place. He was, like, if, if you found blood there with her DNA, that would be physical yeah. evidence, but not the entire corpse. There's not no physical evidence. Let's be clear right. about that. But there's and not I'll much. The, but, the biggest yeah. evidence of all, let's face it, that dude's face. Come on. Have you seen <laughs> yeah, his face? He is, He's guilty. Uh, eminently pun- punchable. And as we say on our show, he looks like a dollar store Ben Affleck. which is a crime in itself. No, he's a terrible, terrible little man. And we covered his case in a two-part, extremely deep dive on our show. And if you have any doubt about whether the the man is guilty, we invite you to listen to that. And if you can come out of that still thinking that this man is not guilty as hot buttered shit, then I'm not mad at you. You know, we can differ, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, We're not among his supporters. Let's just put it that way. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I was a court advocate for like five years um, for domestic violence cases. And one of the most frustrating things is that CSI and other shows like that have led yeah. people to believe there's always going to be like blood yes. tested at the scene or, you know, semen sprayed everywhere. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> most what are the visual on that? Rocket boobs launched everywhere. Yeah, boobs launched. And and most court cases, it's either relate, like relies on testimony or um, circumstantial evidence, which is still evidence. Absolutely. That is the so annoying how people say, oh, it's circumstantial. Okay, it's a mountain, Everest size mountain of circumstantial evidence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so with Scott Peterson, we can add on that to the case of. Adding on that to the list of uh, people who are clearly guilty, who are uh, believed to be innocent by the masses. Scott sucks. Yes. Yes. (sighs) All right, you guys. Today, we are going to be discussing... What are we discussing, Roz? We are discussing the most memorable episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, Mike. Unsolved Mysteries. Cue the music. Can you do the music for us with your mouth, Roz? Um, I get it. Honestly, I get it mixed up with the X Files. What? There we go. Like just that, just that music gave me nightmares as a kid. Robert Beck's voice plus that music was horrifying. Magic, absolute magic. And I mean, I I have to credit that show. That's what got me into true crime. Absolutely, it was unsolved mysteries. I was when I was a kid, I was homesick from school, eating cinnamon toast, watching Robert Stack, getting the shit scared out of me. You had yep. you had uh, daytime syndicated unsolved mysteries. I don't believe we had that in my uh, in my vicinity. Yeah, I think so. I forget what network it was on. Maybe Lifetime or USA or something oh, like that. Wow. I think it Did was Lifetime. I remember because oh. I I remember oh. being homesick and being like, finally a reason to watch Lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they do marathons of that shit all day. Oh, it was it was heaven, absolutely. Wow. Well, I do remember that kind of later on with like forensic files and stuff when it kind of became like a daytime TV thing. But uh, for me, yeah. what, what night did it come on? It was like Wednesdays that it came I on. Think like, it, been, it might have been off the air by the time I was old enough to watch it. Really? Yeah, I'm I feel like that and Rescue Nine One One were kind of paired together. Rescue Nine One One was clearly the lesser Estevez. Of the, of the two but it was still pretty good yeah um i also used to see that like i remember when i was homesick watching the reruns there was on sci-fi this other show called watchers that was about like um alien sightings it was really bad Ooh. but um it was also one of my sick day uh nice sick day shows nice. yeah yeah i totally would have watched that i don't remember that one all right, well, let's let's jump right into it. Whitney, what is your most memorable Unsolved Mysteries segment? Whew, it's such a hard question because there are so many, but if I had to pick one, it would probably be the case of Cindy James. Okay. So Cindy, covered we covered on her, her on our show. Now. We did. We did her for our very first ever Halloween special, nice. and we did. It's one of the most confounding cases, I think, in – living memory it's it's absolutely bizarre and whatever side you come down on it's equally terrifying because cindy was a nurse or i think yeah she was a psychiatric nurse she worked with autistic kids she was a a great human being 
But um, at some point in her life, she divorced her husband, who was a psychiatrist. He was like 19 years older than she was, which was kind of strange. Um, when she married him, she was like 19 and he was almost 40. And they had a, they were married for like seven years, something like that. They got a divorce. And shortly thereafter, she started receiving these threatening notes and phone calls and all kinds of scary harassment. It would be stuff like, you know, the stereotypical, like, magazine cutout letters mm. and Joke a creepy style. picture yeah exactly and it would say stuff like cindy soon and it would be like the word behead and a creepy picture and obviously that's terrifying and she started getting phone calls there's actually a recording of one of the phone calls and it is nightmare fuel we play it on our show it will pucker yeah. your butt it is so terrifying right. my question is and, what magazine yeah. did he get the word behead from well, he spelled it out with the letters. I don't think he okay. got the word. But, okay. Yeah. All right. But God knows you could get it. There's those like true detective magazines. Those things were lurid as hell. Yeah. So it could have been from one of those. Sure, sure. But it escalated over the course of seven years and the attacks started getting physical. So she was found at one point by a friend of hers in her living room, passed out with a knife stuck through her hand and into the floor. What? Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves style? Christian oh, yeah. Slater? All the way through the hand, into the floor. She was passed out. And every single attack, I forget how many there were over the course of years, quite a few. She would always be found with a black stocking knotted around her neck. There were dead animals left on her doorstep, hanging from the trees in her yard. All kinds of stuff. At one point, a fire was set in the basement of her house. And it just went on and on and on. And so, of course... You know, she called the police and she had everybody around her was terrified and worried for her. And the Toronto um, police investigated, or I don't know, I remember if it was Toronto, it was Canadian. Um, so the police investigated, and after a while, they Mounties. came to believe, yeah, the Mounties, they came to believe that she was doing it herself. And yeah. And now, then she died, right? Yes. And then um, she was found dead, hogtied in a vacant lot. Oof. Her car was found in the parking lot of like a shopping center. There were some stuff like groceries and gifts that she had just bought in the back seat. There was a little bit of blood on the car handle, on the door handle. And then her body was found um, sometime later in this vacant lot. And she was hogtied. She had the stocking around her neck. They found um, that she had died from an overdose of various drugs. Oh, really? Like um, sedatives and, and opioids and stuff really? like that. And um, yeah, so she she was clearly killed. And her family, her sister in particular, has been really diligent on her behalf. Her sister wrote a book about it, has been lobbying ever since to try and prove that she was actually being harassed and she didn't do this to herself. Mm. But um, there are people that are firmly on both sides. I personally have flip-flopped about a thousand times because mm. there are really good arguments on both sides. And on our episode where we covered it, we actually set it up to where Katie and I, my co-host, we kind of debated it. And I took oh, the side wow. of Cindy was murdered and Katie took the side of Cindy did this to herself. And it's really, wow. really interesting. But wow. whatever side you come down on, it's fascinating. Sure. Absolutely. And Absolutely. terrifying. Yeah, there's a similar case like that with an elderly couple. Do you remember that one? I sure do. Yeah, I do. Um, the same kind of harassment and mm-hmm. the same and it, like suspicion that they were doing it themselves. Right, right. Yeah. Roz, are you familiar with that case? 
Um, I haven't. I've heard the one about Sunday. I haven't heard the one about the older people. No, no, that's what I'm asking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember. I remember the a little bit about it. I mean, for me, a lot of that kind of sounds like textbook domestic violence because it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I don't remember the full details of the case, but um, one thing that kind of sticks out to me a lot is the black stocking because mm-hmm. there's like with certain and not to get too dark but certain abusers like to include a detail that's very personal to the victim so the victim is like i can't prove it was them but i know it was them kind of deal um right yeah stalkers will do that a lot yeah yeah so it'll be something like leaving a pack of cigarettes that is the abuser's brand like Really? On yeah. the car windshield or something like really? that. Really? They'll leave just so they know that they're the ones that are doing it? Yeah. So mm-hmm. the victim the victim will know, but the victim can't prove it. You can't prove that in court, right. you know? Um, so it's like a way of the abuser being like, ha-ha, I can get away with this. Wow, it's horrifying. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the burden of proof is really, really tall. And back in the day when this happened to Cindy James, this was decades ago, I mean, the stalking laws were absolute garbage, practically non-existent. They're still pretty bad, exactly. Like, we yeah. have some now, but they're still not great. And yeah. back then, it was practically, I mean, you would have to practically, like, have somebody witness it happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we kind of come down, and there are, like I said, there are good arguments on both sides. I mean, you know, we did a whole, like, hour plus episode on this so we could go down a rabbit hole but i can understand why some people think that she was doing it herself there was surveillance i mean the police were there a lot watching the place nothing ever happened while anybody was around and like at one point um the fire that i mentioned in the basement she had invited a couple of friends of hers to stay with her because she was scared and the fire broke out while they were there and Cindy like woke them up and she said she'd been out walking her dog. It was like one o'clock in the morning. And so it's like, first of all, there was no sign of forced entry in that basement. Like it clearly seemed like the fire had been set by somebody, you know, in the house that there was no like breaking and entering or anything. And also if you were scared for your life and you'd been harassed for years, would you be out at one o'clock in the morning walking your dog by yourself when you had two friends there to go with you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there are plenty of things like that, but the story goes so deep y- y'all. Like you have no idea, like some of the people that are in the periphery of this, like there's a, there's a creepy cop involved who actually was involved on her case, dated her for a while. And then later was arrested for stalking women. Whoa. Oui. Like her ex-husband was partners in a, a study with this dude for a while who was like involved in freaking CIA, like mind control experiments and shit. Like it is a nut job of a story. You really should listen to our episode on it. Wow. It's crazy. I, I wow. definitely am going to. Um, yeah. It's great. Great. Fire in the basement. Did they suspect telekinesis? Because there's a documentary <laughs> starring Drew yeah. Barrymore uh, called Firestarter. <laughs> yeah yeah she did it with her mind bullets yeah that one's nuts i love the cindy james guy i love it and i hate it and i really feel for her family so absolutely no answers Um, whatsoever really still yeah yeah that that is there when she was hogtied i mean that that probably had to be another person right yeah that's one of the possible to hogtie yourself 
it is. Here's the thing. They did an inquest after her death, and it um, was really extensive, like one of the most extensive inquests ever, all to come to the conclusion that, uh, <laughs> like, they brought in so many witnesses. But one of the witnesses they brought in was a contortionist, like, not tying expert. And this person was like, yeah, you can totally hog tie yourself here. I'll show you. But of course, she wasn't a, a knot tying expert, and she wasn't a contortionist, so it was a little bit unfair, in my opinion, to base oh, yeah. it on that. But well, you she can. said she was a knot. She said she was a knot tying expert. You want to? Yeah, like a knot, a knot expert. Not. <laughs> I know it's a. I didn't know that was a thing, but apparently it is. You know that and, that like made that contortionist day too. You know she tells oh, that story yeah. at parties. Like <laughs> that's her go to. If right, she's in a right. business meeting and she needs to have a fun fact, like, oh, I consulted on a murder case once. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Do course. you think how many right times a day do you, th- do you think she has to be like, no, contortionist, not extortionist. Contortionist. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody have extortionist on their resume? Like, do you call yourself an extortionist? When you're- <laughs> I have it on mine with a big X through it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God, I should not have put that on there. I, I have it scribbled out and written a uh, nice guy over it. Oh, okay. um, all right. So, so we have a confession here from uh, Tiffany Markham from Pilgrim, Kentucky. Oh. Uh, Tiffany, her favorite segment is was the ones with missing people with memory loss. Yes. I vividly oh, recall God, yes. being creeped TF out. By the car accident ones. They all look so normal, unharmed. This person photo was in a wreck and was never seen again. They may be living somewhere new now under assumed name. If you have any information called dot, 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 end quote. Wow. Yeah, those are value for money, man. There was one where this dude was found like wandering in the desert. And I don't think it was a car accident. Like, You're thinking of the Bible. related. <laughs> You're thinking of Moses? Moses. (laughs) But no, they like just found this dude wandering in the desert. He said he couldn't remember who he was and he ended up at a hospital and like it it was a whole rehabilitation process. This person could not remember who he Mm. was, it seemed Mm. to me. And Unsolved Mysteries ran it. Finally, they found this guy's family. There was this joyous reunion and it turned out that he had like run away because he had some kind of a criminal charge pending. Yeah. And it was this little piddly thing too. It wasn't like a big deal, but it freaked he him stole, out. And he, he stole left. a shipment of frozen food. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> it was a misdemeanor. He faked that's amnesia. Right. <laughs> well, that's what yeah. people th- that's what people yeah, think. Illegal that's what the cops think. Full Swansons. And that's what <laughs> yeah. He's, he's probably a Swanson's driver. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, he did was God. trust the so Gordon's funny. fisherman. <laughs> you can't trust him, clearly. Can't. Oh, my God. So he just disappeared out of his life over this. Yeah, over that's, some that's, piddly that's ass That's some Homer charge. Simpson kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. But, but you know, he still swears up and down. Like, he really did forget who he was. And, um, you know, they filmed the joyous, tearful reunion with his family and everything. So I don't know. But, yeah, it was probably bullshit. <laughs> wow. How, did he have a – why did he steal this stuff is what I want to know. Were they starving? Like, what uh, would what you steal? A truckload of frozen food? I don't know. I, <laughs> what's, what's the street value of a truck full of, like, TV dinner? <laughs> Right. Yeah. Maybe he just real. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Maybe he was just you know, really excited about. Well, he was just selling them out the back of the truck, like the like the like in Goodfellas with the cigarettes. You know, just like maybe he wanted to be an ice cream man. I don't know. That's a good question. 
That's a weird thing to steal. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was well, the truck he was stealing, not the food. Maybe it was more the truck. I would guess the market, the blue book value on the truck probably exceeds that of the of the frozen dinners. Yeah. But I really yeah. don't know. I Unless my knowledge it's that of Stouffer's frozen lasagna, that shit is bomb. That is good, but my knowledge of the black market on uh, TV dinners is just not great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and who the hell is buying bootleg TV dinners? Really, you know, what I mean? like do they repackage them? You know, like... <laughs> divorced men. Divorced <laughs> yes. true. I probably yep. would. Yeah. Weekend dads. TV dinners <laughs> and a uh, a uh, grocery store brand soda for my dinner is. <laughs> um, what's another? Uh, do you remember any other missing persons ones, Roz, that stood out to you? Um, memory loss episode <laughs> that was honestly that's my favorite one uh just because of the sheer absurdity of it there were a lot of like the lost the lost loves where that were really sad where it was just mm-hmm. like you know oh, I those remember, were the boring ones i know i was always like oh god one of those these are always again. the ones i would go get a swanson's tv dinner <laughs> as a kid we have, like, we have dead desiccated little souls mike let Roz love her lost love stories that's all right beautiful. all right i let's, wish i could appreciate them I mean, I thought they were kind of boring, too, but (laughs) my favorite genre was always, like, I was an unwed teen mother, and I went to the hospital, and then they just stole my child from me, and it was legal back then. Yeah. Um, You know, those were a little horrifying. Oh, my Um, God. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, those ones were. uh, What was the one? There. Oh, there was. There was some hoax ones too, right? There was. I don't know if they had this one on Unsolved Mysteries. I know this guy fooled Oprah, who claimed that he, his wife. Okay, he he went on a date with a woman. He was a Holocaust survivor. He went on a date in New York, and he met a woman, and they went on a date, and they started talking about the war, and they determined they were in the same location, and they later determined. That she was the little girl on the other side of the fence who would throw him an apple every day. Oh my God. And I he asked that. her I to marry her right there. Yeah. And they've been together ever since. And Aww. all of their children do not remember hearing this story until it went to Oprah. Oh no. It's such it a beautiful wasn't... <laughs> story, though. Oh. Yes. And the wife apparently was never very comfortable with going along with it, but he attempted to write a book and publish a story and all this stuff. And he oh my God, what an absolute asshole. And yes. And it turned <laughs> out he made the whole thing up. And, and really the incentive, as it turned out, TV dinners, believe it or not. <laughs> was, that, was there a stack of those under his seat when he was on Oprah? She used to, <laughs> yeah. She used to throw him. A frozen hunk of chicken. <laughs> That's a little bit chicken less daddy. less uh, romantic somehow. No, but all, all the rest of that was true. Chicken. <laughs> oh my god! Used to throw him a, a hunk of macaroni encased in ice. Um, so, Roz, what is your favorite or most memorable unsolved mystery segment? Well, so I actually was going to say the one about John Beale, the guy who faked amnesia. Oh, so really? Sorry. Oh, you stepped oh, all shit. over her frozen dinner. No, no worries. <laughs> but there's a lot of like, uh, there's a lot of like cool, you know. We I feel like we remember the crime ones the best because yeah. they're like the most eye catching. But there's also some of the like ghost stories. Absolutely, those were like alien stories. Absolutely, 
And I really liked the bazaar. They had a lot of like weird Christian stories on there too. It was really, really Jesus-y. Yeah, I remember yeah. that too. Did it have like and a pro-Jesus slant? Yeah, I well, it was, so. it was like yeah. it was like the kind of thing where it was like this toaster produces right, images right. of Christ on a yeah, piece that, of that, that's a dude. That's a thing that we often forget. I feel like in our generation is that there was a time, at least in my world, where everybody just assumed is as, as far as I could tell, everyone just assumed like Jesus was real in the Christian church. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like sure. mainstream yeah. cult, even like watching old horror movies like Nightmare on Elm Street and stuff, like. Like we we just kind of assumed that you know everything was was God or the devil. Like it it was it was so accepted that it was like in the mainstream. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's why Satanic Panic got such a right, right. Mm. Yeah, and I, I kind of wonder since this was, I mean, Unsolved Mysteries kind of peaked around the Satanic Panic, so I wonder sure. if all the Christian stories were kind of reaction to that. Oh, I'm but, sure. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, like I remember. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Mike. Just real quick, I'm sorry to to, to um, interrupt you, but uh, it, it, like my family wasn't even that religious, but we still just kind of assumed that there literally were satanic cults that worshipped Satan. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it wasn't even like oh, a hysteria sure. kind of thing. We just thought that, that was just reality. Sorry, go ahead, Ross. Oh no, no, it's okay. I was I was segueing into another favorite segment of mine, um, which is one of those weird Christian stories about. This little girl who was paralyzed and um, I think she like, I think it was from like almost drowning in a swimming pool or something. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? And so I sure do. Yeah. Like a shrine. Dr- uh, that can make you paralyzed. I, I, well, if you dive uh, in the shallow end. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you said <laughs> I think almost oxygen to her brain was cut off. Oh, really? If I remember correctly, um, oh. but her family took her to like this shrine and um in italy and she almost died but she she survived and they brought her home and she was you know kind of tended to at home in a, in a hospital bed and supposedly like religious artifacts in the house started forming like oil on mm-hmm. them yep and so they decided like she was i forget the term they called it but she was a person who was chosen to suffer on purpose to lessen the suffering of others yeah um which is martyrdom Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and if you're a really dramatic child like me who's watching it at home while sick just being like oh i'm just (laughs) suffering for others right now (laughs) (laughs) my allergies are so bad this year i'm clearly a martyr (laughs) (laughs) i've been chosen (laughs) but i I remember remember that one yeah that was crazy (laughs) the fish sticks i puked up last night are representative of (laughs) That was suffering for the homeless. <laughs> like, <laughs> You're welcome, suffering. St. <laughs> Roz of fish sticks. St. Roz of fish sticks. I, I just remember being like, so items in your house just got kind of greasy. Like, yeah. <laughs> like My I face mean, must be the whole, my face in adolescence must be the holiest relic of all. <laughs> And then people were like coming to visit the girl because they thought she was holy and like rubbing the grease on themselves. And I understand. Grease ain't free, lady. It, it's it's like the family, you know, probably trying to cope with a horrible tragedy. Oh, yeah. But yeah, time, absolutely. I'm, it's that's grease, like it's oil, like yeah. 
Yeah, and a lot of the scammer, um, like the the evangelist scammers that they've caught red-handed just stealing money from people and scamming money from people, one of the things they use is oil. Holy oil. We'll send you this holy oil. It's like a thing. I don't know why. Yeah. Probably Maybe. something in the Bible about it. I don't know. I feel like that was one of those things that was really special like a thousand years ago like nice oils you know like, like salt true true yeah. there's probably like wars over oil like there was over salt and spices you know like, there's still wars over oil like <laughs> a different kind of oil <laughs> well a like, good kind of oil All right right yeah. back in the day you mean 2002 <laughs> yes back in the era of george w <laughs> we've got our multi-level marketing girlies who are selling the essential oils so it's still a thing right, right. yeah 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 but speaking of the the christiany ones i remembered one earlier today and it's so funny because you know my family was actually very religious i grew up you know southern baptist and i was a very religious little kid and this one scared the ever-loving shit out of me. It was about an atheist who was on a trip to Paris when something happened. I think he had like an ulcer that that like perforated his tummy or something. And he ended up in the hospital, almost died. And he had what he believes was um, a near-death experience where he was transported to hell. So, you know, you hear about near-death experiences where people will be transported to heaven and they'll see their dead relatives sure. and it's all beautiful. I've, I've, I've glimpsed the afterlife and it is beautiful. Well, this guy was sent to hell, evidently, according to him. And it was, you know, absolutely horrifying. Like, I, that segment is burned into my memory because there was some very, you know, they were good at their recreations. There was some very oh, yeah. vivid imagery of, like, you know, oh, yeah. the gnashing of teeth and there were people clawing at him and biting at him and stuff. And he could see himself laying on the table. And then a white light grabbed hold of him and pulled him up. And he was forced to sit and watch, like, I guess a short home movie of all the times when he had been an asshole <laughs> over the course of his life. And then I thought you were going to say an episode. He had to watch an episode of the 700 Club. <laughs> I'd just be like, send me back down there, please. This is worse than the gnashing of teeth. But um, yeah, he so had then to listen he wakes to up. an entire Creed CD. <laughs> poor old creed what do you got against creed i don't even know who that is but he what? woke up and he you was fine creed is. i mean i know who it i know it's a band i just i couldn't name Christian one song band probably. in the late 90s or what oh come With on arms whitney. wide open that was their banger whitney's just trying to be cool over oh i don't know any music past miles I'm davis absolutely not cool i just am really out of touch <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like so he just like thought he went to hell and it was scary as hell and when he woke up and everything he'd like become a changed man and he had been an yeah. atheist and then he went and became a methodist minister his name is howard storm you can look it up Ooh. wow Scared uh shit was, out of me. let me ask you this because i feel like i remember this episode was the word orgy used you know what i don't remember specifically but that's ringing a vague bell I remember some kind of episode like that. It might not have even been on Solved Mysteries, where one of these guys had a near-death experience and went to hell. And I recall him using the word orgy, and I was trying to figure yeah. out, like, like in my understanding, that's like sexual. But I, I, mm -hmm. you know, I later learned that an orgy can just be like a, you know, a, a frenzy of of yeah, violence, yeah. something like that. Um, but a I, weird word to choose if you're not know, talking exactly, about sex. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, are we? Is it like the key club type of thing where you're leaving the the keys and the 
Uh, yeah, know, the, the key parties. Whoever you have yeah. a pineapple outside. Is that what's going hell on? Hell is just <laughs> hell is just one big seventies swinger party. Yeah, because it sounds kind of odd. That's the thing. You said orgy, and I was like, hmm, might want to take a second look at uh, Satan. Hell. <laughs> But uh, I will say, as a lifelong atheist, if I had some sort of revelation like that and I came back and I had to be religious, the second I have to get up early to go to church on a Sunday morning, right. I'd be like, I'm out. Yeah. I'm, hell, uh, right. it's not worth it. It. <laughs> yeah, it, would certainly be, it would certainly be a difficult. Well, okay. And I also remember this terrifying picture. Uh, and honestly, to this day, as much as I don't believe in hell, that shit still freaks me out. Like devils and demons out. and possession. Yeah. Okay. That it, I don't know why. That's like the spookiest thing. Um, but uh, I remember a picture that this fella had drawn of oh, yes. himself within this quote unquote orgy, not the fun kind of him. Uh, it, it was like all black figures that he had drawn with marker and then a white outline of himself in the middle. And it was terrifying. Was it the band oh, orgy? what was their cover that they did in that remember they did a cover song remember that era where every new metal band had to start their career with a cover of a new wave song <laughs> it's my favorite era like yeah, how they not... oh i'm sorry go ahead Mike. Uh, go ahead well i was just thinking you know you're talking about orgies like I mean, a sex orgy, you think of that as like a good thing, but like imagine an orgy of demons. That would be pretty gnarly to watch. I don't think anybody would be enjoying that. Yeah, it depends you know, like on a big, just like squirming pile about. of like demons humping each other. That just sounds Well, phenomenal. you know, if we're, if we're picturing Lori Petty in like a cute devil costume, I mean, that's a little, you know. But would I'm... it be Lori Petty in a cute devil costume or would it be like grotesque, gargoyle looking, greasy demons? Eye of the Beholder, Whitney. Eye of the Beholder. I feel like I just learned a little bit about how Mike's mind works. <laughs> I'm sure some of you freaks would be into that out there. There's somebody into everything. I'm Mike sure there are plenty of demon like, fetishists. Come on, sleep paralysis. Let's go. <laughs> and that's another thing that we need to discuss at some point is why is sleep paralysis always so... How come it's never Lori Petty in a devil costume? You know? like, why is it always something spooky? I feel like... <laughs> With enough, that, practice, man. with enough practice, I bet you could get your sleep paralysis visitors to be hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's all in your head, you know? You need to learn a, a, an advanced lucid dreaming technique. That's the key. You use reverse psychology on these, uh, these. which, by the way, I don't even want to talk about sleep paralysis because that is also horrifying. It's and terrifying. I hear yep. that the more you think about it and talk about it, the more likely you are to have it. I had I it for say. years. For years, it was awful. Yeah, Ugh. I think we did talk about this before. Have you ever had it before, Roz? No, no. I, but that would I make really a hell of a porno. Because <laughs> what? <laughs> like a sleep paralysis. You just said you were thinking about like making your right. sleep paralysis demons yeah. hot. That'd be a great porno plot. Well, yeah. I believe I believe there was a porn version of A Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddie had <laughs> penis fingers instead of claws, if I may oh not incorrect. Oh, my God. Which is kind of wow. like that. But there was a documentary called The Nightmare, and if you're saying they made a porn parody of that, it would be something along those lines. Yes. Yeah, I saw that documentary. That I feel was like that accurate? would lend itself really well to porn. Yes, absolutely it was. Oh, my God. That's my biggest nightmare. No pun intended. It's, it, what was my biggest literal nightmare is to have nightmares that feel completely real of people standing yeah. above you with demon faces while you're trying to sleep. Is there any yep. – that, that sounds that, – that to me is almost like, I you know – how do you how do you 
deal with that, Whitney. That sounds miserable. It sounds like I little. Hated it. I don't know. You just kind of lay there horrified until it's over. Oh my god! I did and have paralysis. A, is accurate. You can't move a muscle. Like you're just there, and you, you trying desperately to move, and you cannot move. Like you like can't the even worst. turn your head. All you would have to do is throw on a Creed CD, and that would be the worst combination of things imaginable <laughs> for humans. Like, I did have a bout of we, – we'll discuss this on a different episode, but I did have a bout of uh, night terrors once as a very young child, and uh, it involved a – you would have, like, living kind of nightmare hallucinations while you walk around. So I'd wake up in various parts of the dark house downstairs – and to this day, I had like my brain put together a. You remember that movie King Ralph? Whitney Roz is probably too young for it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was. <laughs> um, it was. Uh, why are you laughing? <laughs> it's John Goodman's King Ralph. <laughs> there was a scene. There's first of all, there's nothing funny about the entire family, the royal family, being wiped out. Wiped out. During with an electrocution during a, a, an attempted picture of them all, um, they tried to take a portrait. Anyway, there's a hilarious scene where John Goodman, TV's Dan of Roseanne fame, also star of the Flintstones uh, live action version, uh, where he bowls in Buckingham Palace. <laughs> Wacky uh, thing for King Ralph to do, and it sh he accidentally shatters a priceless vase. Uh -huh. uh, now, I had also recently seen a thing about the French Revolution. <laughs> I don't sorry. see what's so funny about it's all those beheadings. So that's probably that's probably where that stalker got the beheading thing from. A magazine about that. From King Ralph? No, well, no, from a book about the be about the French Revolution. <laughs> There's no beheadings in the film. I had a beheading dream. No, I, I oh, get it. When oh. I learned about Marie Antoinette, it fucked me yes, up. Yes, that's I, what I'm yeah. talking about. Mm -hmm. And and in my head, we could, we did like a fan fiction crossover. And in my nightmare, <laughs> we did a King Ralph French Revolution crossover. It was like that new movie uh, with Joaquin Phoenix, if that had a crossover with King Ralph. And uh, it resulted in an image of them bowling with King Ralph's severed head. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. And to wow. this day, to this day, I can see the image in my head, and it's horrifying. Just Good imagine God. John Goodman, TV's Dan Connor, <laughs> oh. with wearing that big stupid crown, and his eyeballs like looking up the way a dead person's does. You know what I'm talking about? Wait a second, how did the crown stay on if they're bowling with the head? Yeah, that's the weird. Well, yeah, that's the weird thing. <laughs> Uh, this is explaining question. a lot right now. I mean, it was kind of just bouncing along with the with the giant crown on. To be honest with you, I think it got like one one good bounce is all you need for a nightmare like that. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, anyway, that that's terrifying. Still in my head sure. is still horrifying. And Roz Jesus. apparently thinks it's the funniest thing ever. Uh, it's hilarious to me that <laughs> just the thought that somebody in the entire world has had a King Ralph nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to be laughing when he visits you in a sleep paralysis. Oh, tonight. God help us. Please, no. <laughs> it depends on how sexy we make this. Oh, now there's a thought. Sexy King Ralph nightmare. I'm just saying, John Goodman at his, in his prime was a oh, big man. Hell, what? yes. He could get it any day of the week. Really? John oh, Goodman? Yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Well, you know, that kind of gives me hope, to be honest with you. Very sexy, absolutely. Maybe if he had rocket boobs. 
Yeah. <laughs> that would kill it for me. I'm not going to lie. And All right. Boobs. Uh, King, King Rocket Boobs. All right. <laughs> next we have Wayne Erickson from Ohio. Mm. His was a murder that occurred in a village about 10 miles away back in the 50s. Uh, it was Rock Creek, Ohio. Turns out it was 6970. <laughs> That's what. Okay. Um, so I looked this one up and it was a group of redneck thugs who terrorized a town. They were so intimidating. They made two chiefs of police quit. The third stood up to them and died one night while in pursuit of one in a high speed chase colliding with a tree. Some suspect he was forced off the road and beaten to death as his baton and gun were missing. Oof. Anybody remember uh, yeah, this one? Yeah, I think I remember this one. Yeah, um, I mean, I remember the the basics of it, not any of the details, but that there was just this kind of bully gang. Right. Yeah, that's that's horrifying. That's really scary, actually. Like, that taps into some stuff for me because, you know, we always worry about civilized society breaking down mm. and stuff like that, you know. It, it sure. Is, yeah, sure. It scares me. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta tell you though, whenever they do like the forced off the road kind of mysteries, like I'm, I'm usually like, how do you do like, how does that work? Like, how do you get them to hit the tree just perfectly? You know? Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. Me, like we like, talked about that in the Circleville letters case, right? Exactly. The guy who, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta yeah. be like really, really good at, at like physics and, and geometry and stuff to make that happen. I think. Or you certainly work. couldn't count on it. Yeah. What's that Ross? I said, or just really lucky. Right, right. Exactly. It would just have to be kind of happenstance. Yeah. You could try. I, I feel like it's but. still as valid to, you know, the, the guy died chasing him, you know, like that's still yeah. a valid uh, a, a reason to be upset with these people. Yeah. You know what I sure. mean? Sure. But uh, yeah, that's an interesting one. Um, in some ways, it's like it <clears throat> living in a rural town. I, I know. Uh, I know this is especially ironic because I live in Baltimore, but <laughs> people are always afraid of like big cities. And I'm like, what about a rural town where there's like a cop? Right, right. And you're completely you know, isolated. Help isn't coming if something bad happens. Yeah, absolutely. Nope. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's why you needed to have like a shotgun over your cabin door back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's see. All right. My one that I'm going to choose is weird because it later turned out to be very much connected to more famous crimes and that made it even more scary. There was an episode I saw when I was very young where a gentleman was breaking into homes and not stealing items of value, but stealing sentimental and emotional items from people like photo books. And rings, and I remember, and and it was like, and even an old lady's blanket, and it showed a horrifying victim of some poor old lady crouched in the corner as her blanket is snatched away from her. Oh God! Now it turns out this gentleman was actually the East Area rapist slash murderer. Oh, Golden State, aka the Golden State Killer. This was like his early project. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That kind of stuff tends to escalate to murder. Like that, specifically breaking in to steal little sentimental things. Because it's not about profit in that situation. It's about the psychological thrill of control. And that's what serial killers are into. 
some men, Mr. Wayne, just want to see the world burn. Yeah. <laughs> also, I mean, just think about like the chemicals in your body when you are doing a home invasion like that must be going absolutely insane just from all the adrenaline and just being hyper alert and then getting away with it. Like that mm-hmm. has got to be such an addictive feeling that, yeah. you know, they talk about like serial killers chasing the high again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know? Yeah. Cause it makes them feel something because, you know, if you're, if you have psychopathic tendencies, your baseline is pretty flat Yeah, and the kind of things that make most of us happy, excited, interested are not going to do anything for somebody who's, brain is wired like a psychopath so yeah it's like the one thing that gives them and of course then you you have to knit that up with their desire to feel superior and have control over other people and it's 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 pretty intoxicating i'm sure disturbing how often when we start talking about psychopaths i start thinking i'm a psychopath (laughs) oh god nothing excites me nothing makes me happy I really want well, to maybe feel we superior. should give you the PCLR test and just you I'll know find it. out once and for all. Um, no, but uh, isn't that bizarre? <laughs> that- <laughs> all right. No, that doesn't excite me enough. I'm not taking that test. <laughs> um, but isn't that like a weird ass? Like I've never heard anything like that before or after stealing sentimental items from people just for the thrill of of hurting them. Like, yeah, like I can tell you a couple of other cases. Really? Um, where that came up, if you're interested, yeah, the Absolutely. Manson family used to do that, right? And right. Um, Charles Manson called it creepy crawlies. That's what well, they would call those it, little missions. They would go in, and I'm actually, you know, I'm kind of on board with them at this point in their in their. If I've gotten this correct, what <laughs> Ross is discussing, <laughs> uh, when they would murder people, no, I, like wouldn't they initially just kind of go in and and like do pranks on people in their houses, like put a picture upside down or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's yeah. pretty funny, right? I mean, that's kind of wacky. Like, it's funny if you're, you know, doing it in a whimsical, a affectionate sort of way, right. rather than in a "I want you to be afraid" sort of way, which is more what the Manson folks were after. Right, yeah. right, right. And you know, they did actually go on to like, you know, murder people and stuff. So my guess right. is, it probably wasn't affectionate. Sure. But um, then like, it'd, be, also it'd be funny the- if they went in and they put like everybody's toilet seat up. You know, yeah. and then you ha- and then you have like a classic '80s sitcom scenario of the wife being like, "Did you leave the toilet seat up, Tim?" <laughs> is this is yeah. this your sitcom pitch for ABC? I'm working on it. Yes, who? It's literally so going to be called "Who Left the Toilet Seat Up." <laughs> it reminds me of that. Um, that like I think it was the sketch show, The State. Maybe yeah. it was one of those like old sketch shows from the early 90s where they did this like sitcom of Manson and it was like a parody of Lassie because you know Manson was so unintelligible every time you'd ask him a question he would just spout a bunch of stream of consciousness nonsense (laughs) and so they used him as like the family pet and they'd be like what's that Manson Timmy's stuck in a well and he'd be you know going on on some (laughs) nonsense rant about you know what it was very funny but the also the um what was it the Cheshire murders one of the most horrible multiple murders ever up in Connecticut where these two guys broke in and they were going to like force the family to sign over their bank accounts and stuff but it of course went sideways and they ended up murdering everybody and burning the house and the poor dad actually survived but everybody else the wife and the two kids were like horribly murdered 
one of the two dudes, the ringleader of those two dudes, used to break into people's houses when he was younger and just watch them sleep. Oh, no. And that way he like really got off on that. He just liked mm-hmm. to watch them. Well, and if he dressed up he like King Ralph, he could blame it on sleep paralysis if they woke yeah. up. <laughs> That's or the hat man. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he just took Benadryl. He would just watch them. Me. That's it. Yeah, you just watch people sleep because it made him feel powerful. Wow. So well, I'll tell you what, I'd be willing to sell this guy's videos of me sleeping. Like I know, right? <laughs> Is there like an OnlyFans option for that? For the right, right. creepy voyeurs among us. Um, all right, we got one more confession here. This one is from Alicia Pate from Baltimore, Maryland. Maya Zapata. Mia Zapata. Mia Zapata, I'm sorry. Yeah, bless her heart. Lead singer of the Gits. Beaten, raped, left for dead in the street of Seattle back in 93. Ended up finding her murderer more than a decade later. I was familiar with Seven Year Bitches album, Viva Zapata. But it was the first time I had heard the whole story. It was awful and pretty crazy, given that she that she was at least tangentially part of the whole Riot Girl scene. Yeah, she sure was. Very talented. That's crazy. The Gets are an amazing band. And if you haven't heard them, you should totally listen to them. But Mm -hmm. they they went on after her. What? Did they go on after her death? Uh, No, they disbanded. Okay. Um. That case is crazy because there's just so many like aberrations in it. Like the guy that they they eventually caught that killed her didn't know her. He was just out looking for a victim. Mm-hmm. Super yep. rare in that kind of death. Wow. Um, the mortician's assistant recognized her because he was a fan of the band. Oh, oh I did read Jesus, that. Yeah. That must yeah. be horrible. Yeah, because mm. she was a Jane Doe, like when they brought her in, oh, and he was the God. one that found her. Um mm. And then the other thing was they eventually caught him because she had a bite mark on her breast and whoever was doing like the forensic uh, work on her body swabbed it and was like, they didn't have the technology back then to use the DNA from like saliva Mm -hmm. to track the person. But you know, this person just had the foresight, like, okay, whatever, I'll swab this. We'll store it maybe someday. And that's yeah. how they caught him is the, nice. the technology eventually caught up and they got, right, they had right. this guy in the database and they found him. Yeah. yeah it doesn't make me happy that there's like tons of horrible murders out there that are like crapping their pants constantly as DNA technology improves, you know? Hell yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like they got the Golden State Killer yeah. for the same reason you right, know right. genetic I genealogy like a, yeah. i mean 2023 there was a lot of cases solved mm-hmm. oh I yeah cold cases are getting like, solved right and left i kind of feel like john might be coming up soon yeah i mm. wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised i i have always kind of felt like that one's going to be solved at some point yeah i I, I, I feel like we're gonna find out mm-hmm. Uh, all right, guys, you have any other uh, unsolved mysteries you'd like to discuss before we wrap it up? Any other memorable episodes? You're right, Roz. We didn't get enough into the supernatural ones. Yeah. What were yeah. some other supernatural ones that freaked you guys out? I love the alien abduction ones. You remember the one um, with the guys that were out on the fishing trip and they saw the UFO and then they lost time and then they started remembering the that they were abducted and that the aliens ran experiments on them. And it was like way out in the you know, the boonies and the mountains they were fishing far, far from anywhere. And they drew, I remember there, um, some of them drew pictures and they were just really 
creepy and Dude, yeah, like one of them made a painting eyeball thing the, yeah like the grays with the big eyes and very x-filesy yeah it's so that weird one was how crazy. that that went viral you know what i mean like that i guess it started with like betty and barney hill right mm. yeah and you know when people have sleep paralysis back to that it's research into sleep paralysis has shown that a lot of people have that same hallucination i never did mine was a different one but a lot of people see that gray alien basically big eyes yeah kind of praying mantis looking face did that happen pre-ufo craze like that's a good question i would love to know yeah we should go back and research like the history of sleep paralysis and see like what the archetypes were in previous in previous that'd be a fun episode yeah Yeah, that could be your next episode i think we did do a sleep paralysis episode once but we'll do it again for sure I feel like there's more than one episode in Sleep oh, absolutely. Paralysis. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I could um, tell you about the lumberjack. He was always my uh, Oh my just that title is horrifying. The lumberjack. That's what he looked like. Was he was, like an evil Paul Bunyan type? Yeah, like a big hulking figure with a plaid shirt. Oh my god, that's horrifying. Ugh. Was yeah. Babe the Ox there? No, I would have been more that I would have been, been more, more at ease fun. if there'd been a cute animal there. It was just right. him just looming in this corner of the room. Oh my god, dude. The lum- just saying that is terrifying to me. Yeah. We need no, to make a hard movie called, called The Lumberjack. The Lumberjack. What were what were some of the other archetypes that you that you had, Whitney, if you don't mind, real quick? Spiders. Spiders, Oof. like giant spiders yeah. or traditional spiders? Oh, both. Little spiders, god. big spiders, every kind of spider. Like um one so really scary. common one was like right in the upper like corner up against the ceiling, there would be a big, big 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 spider just kind of nestled there yeah and then sometimes it would just be a a spider on the pillow like right next to my face and i couldn't move and uh, it sounds like the worst part what would happen if you wore like a blindfold it doesn't matter i don't think it's in your brain it's you know it's so so you're not actually opening your eyes and seeing your room and hallucinating it's just you remember what your room looks like i don't know i've always wondered that i'm not sure I'm pretty I'm sure I just sure. called sleep paralysis, but we'll it hasn't happened in years. Um, thank God. But yeah, I had I had it for years and years and years and years and years. Oh. And I, I actually did have one instance that was more like the night terror that you described with King Ralph. King Ralph where, was there? Like, <laughs> no, King Ralph wasn't there. But the lumberjack guy was there. And in this case, he was actually crawling up the bed and oh, like no. towards me. And no, I mean, I vividly remember like looking down and seeing his hand on the comforter, like scrunching up the comforter. And in that instance, somehow I was able to actually move. And I didn't really come to full consciousness until I was at my front door. Like I had just run through and I was at the front door, like with my hand on the knob when I kind of was like, whoa, what's going on? I don't you, think you, this is real. You got up and ran in real life? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I knocked my lamp over on my nightstand and knocked the alarm clock onto the floor. And was yeah. And um, and then, like, as I was standing at the door, I looked around and my cats were just in little loaves, you know, just like hanging out. And those cats would never, like, if there was somebody in the house, they would right, be right, right. flipping out. And oh, I dude. just slowly came to realize before I went out into the night by myself. Oh, okay. Save, save this. Let's save this for another podcast. We got to do a whole podcast <laughs> yeah. on this. Yeah. yeah it, oh, I got some stories for sure. It was not fun. Well, I don't know, Mike, if we have time, but sure. uh, there is a, a good local Baltimore uh, one in, from the new series of Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, with the guy oh, through the yes. A couple people talked about. Right, right. What happened um, there? He. It was a, a guy named which, Ray. By the way, I got to say, I'm not a huge fan of the new series. 
it's a it's little the same. It's a little yeah. too in depth for me. Right, right. Yeah, it's like get to the point. <laughs> it kind of like it, it kind of destroys the mystery a little bit because they analyze it so much because it's just a full yeah. hour about each story. I know, I know. I want little segments that just give me enough information to give me nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'll make. This I real. like it, but. I like I I'll, I'll watch anything true crimey. So I like it just as a true crime show. I yeah. don't think it's, it's it has the same spirit as unsolved mysteries exactly. at all. Exactly. But I'll like watch it because it's like I like mysteries. You know? Yeah, I'll tell you what it was. A great horror movie or media, the atmosphere is key. And the yeah. original unsolved yes. mysteries had amazing atmosphere. Oh but, yeah, sorry, absolutely. You need to tell us about the one, Roz. Oh, uh, so it was like a a guy who worked for a finance company who is still around and is, from what I can hear from both sides, relatively evil, the Agora Corporation. Yep. Uh, yeah. Sounds pretty evil. Sure. Uh, <laughs> all the Agora, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he was like a videographer or something for them, but he wanted to be a screenwriter. And was it the Lord Baltimore Hotel, Mike, or was it? It was the one where the Al Bar is, I believe, right? Oh, the Gaylord? I thought so. I think it's the Gaylord, Yeah um anyway so inexplicably he one night went to the top of this famous hotel and uh ended up falling from the roof like falling through another structure and hitting the ground and dying and it's a big mystery about what happened to him because there's from where he landed there's no way that he could have just run and jumped and made it that far according to the police so they have no idea what happened it's bizarre. It's almost like he got dropped from a plane or something. I mean, it, it according yeah. to the episode, anyway, his name is Ray Rivera, if you guys want right. to look it up. Um, and it is a bizarre um, case on multiple levels. Like, he had left some very strange writings, mm-hmm. and he had been acting really strangely, kind of paranoid before he, um, you know, kind of disappeared for a few hours and then ended up dead. You know so what, guys? I believe we are confused. Uh, these are two different cases that we're putting together. I don't oh wait, think so. no, we're not. No, we're not. Nope. I'm sorry. <laughs> but the I, uh... the one where the guy there was another one in Baltimore where the guy disappeared for a while. Was that that also happened here? There's like one where where a guy worked for a law firm and he mm. and he like drove off somewhere and he drove around like the DMV area for hours and nobody knew why and then he was found dead. Oh, Sorry, okay. we'll edit all this out. This is bullshit. <laughs> oh, I think I know what you're talking about. That I think that was the the dude. Um, was that the guy like who a, bipolar FBI guy? Yeah, and he was like he like worked for yeah, the FBI so. at one point or yeah, something. Yeah, that was a good one too. That's a crazy. They, found, they found him in a garbage dump. Yeah, they found him in a dumpster, like in a landfill or something, right? And they no. think he might have like went to sleep in a dumpster and like got picked up by the. No, he had all no, kinds no. of this like front force trauma and shit. This like guy, yeah, that was crazy. Like a creek, I think, and he had been stabbed a bunch of times, and they're trying to figure oh, out. Oh wow! Yeah. Shit, I don't know who you're talking about. That's interesting. To Google this after. Yeah. Roz, we should do like a just a Baltimore mysteries episode sometime. We should, although most of them are going to be like, surprise, it's a drug murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, but a woman thing- was found in the, you know, that fountain in the middle of Druid Hill uh, Lake? Yeah. There was like a body found in there once. Just once? Yeah, just, I mean, it's in the middle of a lake. <laughs> like, how do you? <laughs> yeah, there's, it would be interesting to look into that and kind of see, um, see what, how many like, 
spooky coincidences are out there, just right. Baltimore related. It's a spooky town, you know. It really the is. The city that bleeds. Yeah. That's I used right. to live there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Whitney lived in uh, in Hamden, which means we probably crossed paths at some point. Oh, okay. When did you move to North Baltimore, Roz? I moved uh, 10 years ago, so back oh, okay. in 2013. It's uh, 2024 right now, but close. All right. Well, it's January 2024, Mike. <laughs> it's only been 2024 for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Give the girl a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Thank you so much for coming. This has been a great episode as always. Yeah. Thanks um, for having us. And once again, find the True Crime Campfire with Whitney. And, and Katie. If you're around, and Katie, of course, who's often a guest as well over here on the confessional and you can find Rosalyn with the mon how do you find you online Rosalyn um we've got a facebook page mondo baltimore and uh instagram i think we have a twitter i'm not sure if anyone updates it um but yeah and we're also pretty whatever i'm not calling it x they can suck it i know i no way (laughs) Hell no. I will die on that hill. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm determined <laughs> to not change. Um, and we're also, you know, our, our nights are regular. So we're always the first Thursday of every month upstairs at the auto bar. Uh, so come check us out. There's no cover. Right. You could win prizes, get popcorn, all that fun stuff. Nice. Right. Thank you so much, guys. And we will see everyone on the next episode of The Confessional. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Thank Mike. Oh, uh, great job, guys. Thanks. Sorry, I'm, kind of, I'm a little like loopy today. Sorry if I was kind of slow. You guys were, were great, though. Yeah, you're awesome, as always. I've, I've been oh. like uh, experimenting with fasting, with like day fasting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it kind of like slows down my brain a little bit. But oh, it like yeah, helps, it, would... it helps with my depression yeah. a whole lot, weirdly. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder if it's um has to do with your metabolism somehow, or maybe I'm starting some to hormonal think that, stuff like, going on. I'm starting to think like um, uh, inflammation might be a big thing for me, like with my fatigue. I've been trying to figure out my fatigues. I'm so sure. fucking tired all the time. I got all these cool projects yeah. going on that I really want to work hard on. So I need to figure out why I'm tired all the time, and that's. I am also tired all the time. So if you figure it out, can you let me know? I will. I will. Um, Could it be that I- we're just old, Mike? I, I that's not that. helping, but yeah. I have had this since like elementary school. Okay, um, okay. And my life's actually like going pretty well right now. I got all the stuff going that I want to be going, and I'm still just so freaking tired. And I got. Have you had your out. thyroid checked? No, but I will. I am getting okay. a bunch of tests done. Yeah, so. my brother had something like that, and he was he found out he was just a little bit low on testosterone, and so he started getting testosterone, and he he said he feels fifteen years younger. Really, uh, like I it's do been a have, huge thing for him. Yeah, I do have low T, which means that you'll never have to worry about waking up and finding me crawling up your, your <laughs> because <laughs> my upper body strength is non-existent. <laughs> well, you should see my brother. Like as soon as when he started getting those right. testosterone injections, like that dude is like he's turned into like, yeah. like the Hulk. He's like a gym rat now. He's like huge. I know. But he like, feels yeah, a like, lot better. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, I went on for a while, and I started getting a little. I started like going through puberty again up mm-hmm. here, yep. you know, which was cool. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, you can me, get like, a little too much. Started. 
well for me it was like this should like kicks it's not like a forever thing this should like kickstart your testosterone but i don't think it took Mm. okay i gotta go back and see what's going on yeah there's some trial and error like i think with um with my brother there was a little bit of like he got too much at one point and they scaled it back a little bit at the next one and Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. this weird little thing they put this little bead it's like a bead and they stick it in your butt like they inject this little bead of testosterone it's like a slow release and they put it in your butt like in your butt cheek not up your butt like (laughs) Oh, okay. Like the birth control that they put in your arm, kind yeah, of. exactly, exactly yeah. like that, like an implant kind of a deal. Bead? It's not like a shot. A bead. <laughs> They're implanting. It is a, a shot. Bead. It's like an injection, but they inject this little bead, and then it's like a slow release. And I guess it dissolves over time or whatever. But interesting. Yeah, he well, said they put a bead in his ass. Huh. <laughs> but really it's helped him a lot for real, Mike. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely part of my problem. But I think yeah. inflammation could be a part of it too. Like I just like you know I'm starting to realize like how bad I just feel in life. And like uh, actually taking the um, the uh, the the uh, uh, mushroom stuff. What is it called? Psilocybin. Mm-hmm. That's actually kind of shown me like how shitty I feel because I feel good on that, you know. And it's like I just yeah. feel normal right now, you know. And apparently that can help with inflammation too. So that's part of why I, I suspect that might be part of it. Yeah, we're all we're all inflamed up the yin yang. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. I feel like I probably yeah. have multiple things that I've just never taken care of or looked at in my life mm-hmm. that converge and conspire to make me feel horrible all the time. Yeah. Well, don't give up. We have thrive, to advocate man. for ourselves because oh, doctors know. are I terrible. Know. So yeah, we got, like, they're we, so dismissive yeah. and shit. Like my brother had to go to like three doctors before he found one that would take him seriously and like give him the testosterone and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So keep yeah. at it, dude. Cause it sucks. I know. I mean, I've, I've had, I'm a um, autoimmune disease for years and it's, you really have to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, like I've always, because I've always been kind of health uh, insurance and secure, you know, I'm always yeah. like, nervous about getting, you know, uh, reliance on, on something that could be taken Absolutely. away from me at any time. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, but I am, I'm working on it. Good. But uh, no, this is a great episode. You two are great. You really, I really appreciate how, you know, I feel like you can kind of tell when I'm lagging a little bit and you jump in and like rescue me. And I really appreciate that. Oh, bless. Well, I felt like you were doing the same thing for me. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, you know, you're, uh, you guys are really good. Ouch. It was so nice to meet you, Roz. I wish um, I could come to one of your movie nights. I think that would be right up my street. I would love that. Yeah, if you're ever in town, you know, come check us out. I'm definitely going to start listening to your podcast because I need a new true crime podcast where one of the hosts hasn't done something horrible to someone. So (laughs) I know what the hell is happening. Katie and I were like, we need to get like a, we need to like manufacture a scandal just for the publicity. You know, we need to start some beef with somebody or get in the Twitter fight with Nancy Grace or something, you know, so we get some. (laughs) Did you see uh... like. Lines in Rolling Stone or whatever. Did you see Nancy Grace was all over uh, that that new special by our buddy Whitney? Oh, was she really? Yeah, and I'm worried. Like, we're not going to have to cross paths with her, are we? Please, God, no! I have a great Nancy Grace story if you guys want to hear it. Sure. So I went to Crime Con, the very first Crime Con in 2017. Okay, my husband and I went. We got VIP tickets. We were so excited. And one of the VIP things was that you got to go to a cocktail party with the like celebrity speakers and stuff. Mm. And one of them was, of course, Nancy Grace. 
And she was there with her husband. Okay. And <laughs> lucky him. Lucky him. He, this poor what man, like man. this poor man, like you could just tell, like he has just been beaten down by this woman for decades. Like he is a broken man. She was following him around, like making snarky comments about what, like he was eating too much. And you've had five of those already. Cause they had like these little finger foods and shit. She was like, just berating her poor husband. And then my husband and I were waiting in line for at like the wine bar. We were just going to get a drink. Nancy was like two feet away from me taking pictures with fans, right? It was her and like Beth Karras from Court TV and they were taking pictures. And I just kind of glanced over because she kind of bumped me and I'm like, who the hell? Oh, it's Nancy Grace. And she said, come here, baby, come here. She thought I wanted a picture. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm just waiting for wine. So I got to snub Nancy Grace. Nice. And you can tell a chapter ass a little bit too, which was wow, delightful. I'll bet. Because I was like, no, no, thank you. You didn't want to hit her up for, for makeup tips? <laughs> <laughs> one of these days I'm going to have to do my Nancy Grace impression, but I don't think I have it in me right now because I'm coming down with something and my throat's a little weird and I have to kind of yell, but um, yeah, because she like shouts every word out of her mouth is a, is a shout. She never yeah. speaks at normal volume. But, she should yeah, marry Johnny Rodden. I feel like they would make a good couple. Yeah, <laughs> except she wouldn't let him eat anything at the cocktail nice. party. <laughs> You've had four of those pig in the blankets already. That's sad because pig in a blanket is like a food that doesn't organically come up that often. So you have to enjoy it when you can. Let him put away as many pig in the blankets as he damn well pleases, Nancy. Exactly. You freaking harpy. Anyway. Yeah, when was the pig in the blanket? That's like a very <laughs> normal, like, that had to be recent that that happened, right? The pig in the blanket. Like, it's there's like no way that 70s. was coined in like the 40s. Yeah, it feels like a 70s food to I me. I think it's a 70s food. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Why 70s? <laughs> That's very specific. They had like, kind of like, 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 like post revolution. Like, <laughs> it's like yeah, a, yeah. it's like a, like a counterculture reference, like, you know, cops and pigs and. Yeah, yeah. And also just kind of phallic. Movement. Yeah, the 70s just feel like a sexy decade to me, you know. So what's yeah. phallic about you a pig in a blanket? It looks like an uncircumcised. I thought it does. It looks like an normally uncut like penis. sausage patties or like chopped sausage. It's, there's a link sausage. Is that normal for it? Yeah, it's like a little Vienna, like you know, a little oh, mini okay. hot dog yeah. with Ooh. a pastry like wrapped around it uh, okay where i worked you know? it was it was like chopped up uh, sausage patty inside of pancakes Ooh, are you talking about paper moon yeah yeah i okay. love paper moon i was so uh, mike when you posted that picture of paper moon in the snow i was like paper moon is still there <laughs> i was so happy because that was my favorite place when i lived there forever ago wow. yeah i probably waited on you i was a dishwasher from age probably 22 to 26 uh, but I would do like like other like I'd run around and, and bust the tables and shit like that too and do prep and everything. I refuse. How to crazy would that be? And we'll okay. never know. I meet people all the time that are like, I remember you, and I, I'm usually good at remembering people. But with that job, there was just so many freaking people that I oh you know, of course no way. Yeah. And then I started waiting tables there. They made me start waiting tables. And uh, that would yeah, have been I a fun place to work. I worked years. at that freaking Pizzeria Uno in the Inner Harbor. <laughs> <laughs> That's like there. right across from the aquarium and everything. Yep. Yeah. Oh wow! I never worked at the Inner Harbor. <sighs> Very touristy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like the touristy spots. That's like a. That's like a thing that like 
alternative normies like to say, right? Like to be <laughs> punk rock. Do the real touristy spots. I asked my Uber driver, where do you like to eat? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I like the touristy spots. <laughs> what makes like you feel like you're at home? <laughs> What's your favorite food truck? <laughs> Where's your favorite penny press place? Penny <laughs> press? Where you get a penny press, like when you're traveling? You know? oh, oh, the little cranky yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys, this is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us.